Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Right Club podcast. I'm Laurel Simmons, and today with me as my co-host is Catherine Nelson-Riley, our great operations manager. And our guest today is Ronald Dakoto of Pathway Properties, who's based in the GTA. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Laurel. I'm looking forward to this interview with Ronald. Yeah, it was a great interview. He really does talk about uh, the building permit process, and uh, he works with real estate investors who have residential units that who want to convert them to secondary suites, and not just one suite, up to three or four suites, depending on the on the municipality you're in, Ontario. Uh, lots of great information. We talk about zoning. We talk about oh goodness, conservation. We talk about uh, various government policies. It's really great background information and solid stuff that you can use when you're making decisions about what you're going to do with your properties. So Catherine, shall we go to the interview? Absolutely. Let's hear what Ronald has to say. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hey, Ronald, welcome to another episode of the Right Club podcast. It's great to have you here. It's been a while, but, and you know, life goes on as it does for all of us. And I think you've been a very busy man, right? Absolutely, Laurel. Absolutely. It's been such a great time. Even though we, you know, sort of navigated the pandemic, we came out alive. We made it to the other side. So, I don't see the pearly gates, but you know, I'm, luckily <laughs> we made it through this, that rough season. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Business has certainly been great. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm glad you made it through to the other side. I'm now calling it BC and AC before COVID and after COVID, right? For now in the AC period. <laughs> I think that I, I think that's appropriate. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, Ronald, you are the person we want to call when we want to look about or start talk to about creating small multi-unit buildings, conversions, that kind of thing, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. So if you're looking for building permit services, that's definitely property pathways. Okay, so what tell us, you know, with multiplexes. What's your sweet spot? What do you like to work with in terms of size? Yeah, in terms of size, we have certainly expanded. When we first started seven years ago, Laurel, we actually used to work on only two-unit conversions. And that was really, as you call it, the sweet spot. And that's actually a very special word to me these days because, you know, and I'll tell you guys why soon. But the sweets, that's really our sweet spot when it comes to to conversions because that's what real estate investors were primarily focused on when we started back in 2016. That's in fact the only thing that could have actually been done back then, right? And it seems like a long time ago, but with policy changes that has quickly changed and evolved. But in today's marketplace, our sweet spot is now more around the triplex and fourplex type of properties simply because that's what real estate investors are looking for. But even more importantly, we like to make sure that whatever we design or whatever we're advising clients on is actually going to be useful 
for them achieving the highest and best use of their properties. And it just seems like today in this market, triplexes, fourplexes, and even what I'd call multifamily, right? Four units and more is what is actually generating the best returns for our investing clients. Okay. So if I'm a, so let's pretend I'm a new client, come to see you. All right. I said, Ronald, I've got this, I don't know. I've got this Victorian mansion because, you know, I just happened to have a great aunt who left me a yeah, 5,000 square foot Victorian mansion (laughs) because I'm really lucky. Does it come with a vineyard? (laughs) Sure. Why not? Uh, <laughs> and well, maybe not. It's in the in the middle of a city or a, a, a town in say Southern Ontario, yeah. and I'm looking at this thing going, "Oh my God! I okay, that's great to own this property. First of all, it's huge. I can't move it. Like nobody, I'm not going to move into it with my family, but I do see lots of potential. But I'm new at this. Like I'm going, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So, but I do find your name. So I come to you. So what happens? Just tell us. Yeah. Well, once a client comes to us, especially first time real estate investors or just a a homeowner who is not familiar with the workings of this whole process, and it is a very lengthy, arduous, laborious, and frustrating process. I try to really understand what what is going, what is your end goal? What do you want to do with this property? In some cases, you know, when we're working with someone who is inexperienced or uninitiated, they most likely are trying to convert their property for a multi-generational living sort of arrangement, right? Or they're potentially downsizing their property. And we, we have one, we're working with a lot of clients that are actually, in fact, doing that. Most of our clients now are coming from the homeowner's sphere of things, and um, they are not looking to invest in real estate, maybe, potentially creating some sort of, you know, income, like, you know, rental suite, but they're not trying to create like five units in a property and have this whole tenant situation going on. No, they, they, may, they may be trying to just create a small rental income to supplement their retirement. They may be looking to create a multi-generational setup where it is they have a larger family. They want people closer, relatives, uh, family to live closer with them. And so forth. So I try to figure out what is what are you really trying to accomplish? Now, once we have determined what you're trying to accomplish, then of course, then the next grouping of questions will come around like what's going to be the potential highest and best use of your property? And how do we get you to that highest and best use with the least amount of friction? And when I talk about friction in this particular sector, industry, construction is probably the most inefficient industry in the world still is like, you know, I mean, new technologies are coming out, but it's still very much behind in terms of adoption of technology. So with that said, you know, I want to make sure that you understand what are some of the friction points. So for example, I'll just show a few of these, if you'd allow me, right? Like once we have gotten to the point where we stand, we figure out what your goal is. You said to me, Hey Ron, I got this Victorian mansion located down in the middle of Toronto. And I really want to convert this thing by adding some units, um, maybe adding two units, a duplex, two units where I can have it rented out. And then I also want to have a space that's really accommodating for me. I don't want to downsize too much. So, you know, what we would do then is then try to figure out what is actually allowed. So, and you know, if you, if you probably heard me said this before, uh, there's, there's, of course, there's the old adage location, right? 
uh, I swap things up. I say, you know what? It's zoning, zoning. You know, without zoning, like nothing can be built. Like it doesn't matter the location. It could be located near a swamp, right? Or located near a track. If the, if the zoning does not allow for what you intend to do, it's pointless of purchasing that property or, or, or trying to do anything with it without encountering a lot of friction. So about the friction piece of things, you know, we look at four, four aspects. And I, what I'll say is we look at, of course, the zoning. So you want to make sure what zoning label are you within? Does your zoning label allow for the land use that you're actually thinking of? The second, we want to make sure that you're not located in any sort of what I would call regulated areas in some cities. And we will throughout Ontario. We have encountered in some cities throughout Ontario, they will not allow you to build different type of properties near certain type of land uses. So if you're located near university, they don't want you to come and build like, let's say, two unit conversion. They would rather you come and build like a, a multiplex where student rental type um, assets, right? And we would, so we want to make sure you're not located in a regulated area. And then that kind of trickles into another type of regulation, which is conservation. Sometimes you're located in a conservation zone. You don't want to be in an area where it is your soul, you're located close to some sort of ecosystem that needs to be preserved. And I can tell you, uh, they exist everywhere. It's just a standard check, a routine check that we do on every project uh, because we don't want to get sort of tied up. And we want to make sure that this is done prior to consideration of purchasing the property. And we'll talk about who we work with as well. And then, of course, the fourth piece of this is we want to make sure your property is not located in a heritage district or your property isn't listed or isn't, of course, designated. Because then that means there's a lot of restrictions on what can actually be done, especially with the exterior. So if you're talking about an addition or anything like that is not going to happen. Cutting new openings in that wall is not going to happen. Entry to an apartment or so forth. But that does not mean that it's not allowed. It just means that I need to identify all the restrictions before I advise you, my client, hey, we can help. And then what we do with those four bits of information, we prepare what is called a suitable review, right? So that's a suite, S-U-I-T-E, suitable. So we want to create a small, short video. It's a preliminary review of your properties, potential to reach its highest and best use. We'll point out all of the pros, the cons, and whether we think it's a good candidate. Of course, anything mentioned on that recording is we always say like, listen, feel free to take it, run it by friends, by family, but also you can basically call the city up yourself and verify that information. Of course, what the city does, they'll refer you back to a BCIN designer like myself, or they will actually have a fee assigned to doing a, what it'll be called, a zoning certificate. So, long okay, so I'm just going to stop you right there. We should just tell people that BCI, uh, BCIN means yeah. building, sorry, building code identifier number, right? Or identification yes. number, which yeah. is issued by the Ministry of Municipal Affairs and Housing yes. in Ontario. And it's a, it's a, I guess, a, a, a quality guarantee. I mean, you've met a certain standard. And yes. that's the only way you have the, that, that numbers because you've done the study, you've done the work and you passed the exams. Yes. And I will say that's an important first step, right? So if, if you're looking for someone that can help you with design, 
And by the way, this is, we can talk a bit, a bit about that. This, like you can have someone focus on, on a design and that's one level, right? But the person that's working on the design also needs to be specialized in the area that you would need that help. And I don't mean geographic area. I mean the technical knowledge area, right? So they need to understand. So for example, I am a, I would identify myself, not as a him or her, I'd identify myself as a real estate focused designer, right? Because I really, that's my core skill set, And those are the people that I can more readily assist with the, with the process, because it's a very different type of need real estate investors have versus someone who wants to build a custom home, a mansion in some, you know, place. Like I may not be your best person, even though I am a BCI designer and I do that type of design. What about the, um, the specialization in, in, in terms of the housing or the units? For example, I, you know, I just use Victoria Mansion as an example, right? Yeah, yeah that's what, that's what that just came into my head. But I would imagine that, well, there's many other types of structures out there. And as you said, like a Victorian mansion could be designated heritage or, or whatever it is. And then you're into a whole world of hurt. I don't even want to think about right now. But, but are there people like you or anyone else who actually specializes in that kind of design where you've got those special requirements? Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, that's a really important question to ask every real estate investor. What area or what area is your area of expertise as a BCN designer? And as I said, that's the first level. That's the first level of question and the first level of, of experience. So I am qualified as a house designer, right? Now you can, I, I mean, I do have the ability and I'm, I'm going to be working on that before the end of 2023 to become a small buildings designer. And what that means is that I'm just focusing or putting more attention on a different area of the Ontario building code, right? So I'm studying and really trying to become adept at some or broader aspect of the Ontario building code. So as of today, I'm qualified as a house designer, so I can literally design any house. Now, I want to just kind of even Go, let's just put a little more breadth to that there. Because I want to say that I'm also, I also studied as an architectural technologist. I, I went to Humble College. You know, I don't date myself, but I graduated back in 2006, right? And, I, I, and I've been working as a designer, as a freelance designer for at least about 15 years before I started on a part-time basis, before I started to actually work, starting my business. Now, what that actually means is that I now have attained the education and I understand the Canadian form of construction, right? So yes, you can study to become a, you know, a, a, a landscaper, let's say, for example, I don't know, or, or, or you, you, you can just be a landscaper and you can, you know, really grind it out and go get your BCIN design number. But then you still have to understand how buildings go together, how they work, what's the science behind it, right? How do things connect, right? Um, so these are some things that uh, uh, makes us different when it comes, and I think us and me properly pathways difference when it comes to not only having the qualifications 
recognized by the Ministry of Municipal Affairs and Housing to provide design services to the public. But we also have the educational background to really look at a building and dismantle it, dissect it, and put it back together, understanding all components of it. And that's why most of our, a lot of our services in the front end comes in an advisory sort of capacity, um, because I, I do have that in-depth knowledge, right, about that. So I do want to point out that even though there is a BCI qualification that you must get to provide design services to the public in Ontario, or you have to work with a partner in engineering company or so forth, um, you still need to have an in-depth understanding of buildings, structures, methods, and materials as it relates to Canadian construction. And uh, that's going to be a critical question to make sure you ask. And if I were to be honest, Laurel, you know, not even some contractors have an in-depth understanding of some of the things I just mentioned there, but you really do need to have that understanding or else it really does hinder um, the back-end process, which is the construction and building inspection, because now you're working with someone who also has that understanding of buildings. And if you, as a contractor, don't understand how to have those conversations, it just delays and prolongs and really erodes the confidence in the whole process from the inspector standpoint. So really important that you're working with educated professionals that are focused on what it is you're trying to, what your end goal is ultimately. Wow. So Ronald, it, what I'm hearing is that, I mean, obviously there's a great many layers that are involved with with your certifications yeah. and with your expertise that you've built on, but you've got to continue to stay proactive in order to stay on top of things and all the constant changes. So basically, I mean, that and our, I mean, all of what you have just mentioned is huge as to why real estate investors really need to consider having a BCIN designer as a permanent member of their team. Yes, I, I couldn't put it any better, Katrin. Uh, Katrin, like I'll tell you, the reality is most people seem to think that maybe the most important person on their team might be their mortgage broker or their lawyer, and I, I don't dispute that. But every member of your team, just like every member of your body, is equally important to the end goal, right? Like, you know, say like I'll sacrifice my right arm for my left leg. Like, no, you need both. Right. Like, so, and that's kind of what, you know, people just seem to think like, Hey, you know what? They don't need a designer. Their contractor will refer them to a designer or do something, some sketches in the background and i have that ready for submission. But it's, that's not the case. Um, there's otherwise, if that was in fact the case and I'm not discrediting any profession because I recognize it takes time and commitment to actually reach any level of success. Right. So with that said, um, yeah, it's the same thing. You can't really depend on your contractor like a designer. Um, of course, it's great to have referrals, but you need to make sure that you're working with an absolute professional, right? That's actually able to help you deliver the end goal of your project. And some pro professionals are works in progress. I think we're all a work in progress at some point, right? But with that said, you need to make sure that you're, you have a qualified BCN designer as a permanent installation on your team, because that person is going to help you work with your, not only realtor, but work with your contractor, help you form a renovation strategy, 
determine if your properties are high, the highest and best use of your property, navigate the building permitting process, as well as aid in any sort of follow-up questions and support you may have during the construction, which we call construction administration. They can aid in the construction administration, building inspection of that project. So you want to make sure you are working with someone who understands not only the design, and I would add another layer here, right? So a BCI designer is not someone that's just focused on working with real estate investors or working on custom homes, but they also have the qualification. They have a technical background, but also they must have some site-related experience because it's very different from pushing paper to actually speaking with contractors and working through the nuances on site. And to that extent, we, are fort we were fortunate enough to have the opportunity to renovate. There's about 24 different type of properties throughout the, the CV era, as you call it, right? <laughs> That's what I call it, right? Is the no, is yeah. BC. It was BC before COVID and after COVID. Well, yeah. Yes. BC. Yes. Right. BC. <laughs> oh yeah. So well, I guess there's the DC, the during COVID era. We were we had the opportunity to to work with a lot of real estate investors, converting a number of these properties. And if I were to be honest, like it, you know, like I studied for just what is equivalent to eight years right, to understand design and construction. And when I say equivalent, because I actually took the most efficient part to getting that eight years compressed to the shortest three at a time. And it depends on when you start. It depends on how you go about doing degree versus uh, diplomas and so forth. So what's equivalent to eight years? And then, but here the thing is, eight years, and I worked in commercial design and construction field for another 15 years. So kind of layering, like, I was always sort of doing everything concurrently. And if I were to be honest, in the last seven years, and particularly during the period when we renovated those uh, 24 properties, which was extremely um, rough, it was really rough. Um, I absolutely had the biggest learning curve. Like, I mean, there, there's, I would not change that for the world because the amount of stuff that we were able to learn, it actually helped us inform our design work to the point where it is, and actually train our, some of our team members and document some of the processes that we can now really advise our clients much more adequately in terms of what are some of the challenges they can likely, they are likely to encounter during various aspects of construction. So we, do, we front load our design work. If you ever had a look at our design documentation, it's like we know that it's not necessary, but we do it anyway, because we recognize when things are being built, there needs to be details that support it. And being on site and managing 24 conversions was actually really helpful in bringing us through that area of, of that gray area or that gap between design and construction. So you also want to make sure that your BCI and designer has an in-depth understanding of how these things are built. What are some of the nuances that happen on site? Wow, that's a lot. And that's, yes. you know, and that's the importance of having an expert that knows all the nuances and all the different layers. Yes. So with, as you're dealing with the different municipalities and building permits, that's always, I'm sure, just so much fun as part of the process. But who's responsible for improving the building permit in issuance timeline? How, how does that work? 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Yeah, you know, I wish I had a, I wish I had a, just a, a, a one answer for that. But if you were to say the timelines and types of timelines that I would like to see who like change, of course, Prior to COVID, the construction industry was a completely different arena. And I, I know this because we were, at that time, we were probably submitting around maybe, you know, 60, 70 permits or so a year, right? But the 2019, and then of course, we almost like not doubled, but we had went significant amount more to that during the pandemic. And, but what we notice is, as our workload increased as a company, more than likely the load of the cities actually also increased, right? But what's the big difference here? During the pandemic, we were able to shift our, we, we really reimagined and re-envisioned our entire process. So whereas we used to use a tape measure before and send two guys out to a site to do a site measure, we decided that we needed to make an investment in innovation and try to do something that was more efficient, but also recognize the kind of a, not to say appreciate, but recognize the challenge, empathize with people's challenges at that time, which was having that distance. They wanted to have that distance between them. So getting this device it, it really, which was, which is a reality capture device, it allows us to, tr to do 3D scans that capture all the information we need in a 3D format. So now we no longer need to come with a tape measure. In fact, when we first implemented this technology, I went out to a client's place and, I, and the device was there, was working. And I was training one of my team members how to use the device. And then the client came up to us and said, why are you guys standing around? Why don't you guys get to work? Right? So I said like, and said like, excuse me, we are working right now. He said like, give me your manager's number. So I gave him my cell number. Oh yeah, that was, uh, that was hilarious. But anyway, she realized that we were actually doing the job. After she called me, I said, yes, I'm actually standing here and we are doing the job. It's just, just a new way of doing a site measure. And again, why do I mention that is I want to tie that back into the timeline that we're talking about. The cities that we're working with, who I believe has the core responsibility of improving timelines. And they can do that in the various ways by implementing technology. Just like businesses do, they can do that by hiring more staff, just like businesses do as well, and training staff better to become more efficient at doing these things. But I'll also add a third level or fourth level here, and I'll say they, they could very well consider partnering and uh, partnering with local or, or specialized people in areas like myself who understand the nuances and know how to get these things streamlined because I have to do this every day with my team, right? So. I'm not looking at 15-story buildings and, uh, and hospitals and, and police stations. I'm just looking at small multiplexes, 
of multiplex buildings and multiplex houses, right? So those are what I'm looking at. Guarantee you the city, any city would come and ask me, how, um, is, what do I think are ways of can, this can improve? I have a laundry list of things that could be done. And one being collaborating with the external service providers and forging or forging internal teams or units of people that are primarily focused on those areas. Because too much time comments comes back, which is the core reason for prolonged review times. Comments come back that is not really, is not really expedient to the process that we're talking about here, which is cutting time down, getting permits issued, and getting more units into the marketplace, right? Is not, is, this is not helpful. So how could they reduce some of those comments is by, like, as I said, either creating really efficient internal teams of maybe engineers, you know, designers, like that, or plan examiners, zoning reviewers that are really specialized in two unit conversions. Then they create another silo, if you want to say, a little pod or hub or, or, or a team that is specialized in doing triplexes and fourplexes. So that way they're doing this on a consistent basis. They understand what are the nuances and that can really help reduce the timeline. Unfortunately, as a designer, I have little control over that. I do have some responsibility, which is to make sure my drawings are thorough and they are complete and I'm sub com submitting complete applications. But with that said, the city does have a core responsibility to make sure that drawings are reviewed in a timely manner and really be a civil servant, right? To, because really and truly, you know, be a civil servant, help people out. Don't be mean-spirited about like review questions and stuff. Like I'm a professional, so I know this stuff, but there's people who aren't, who don't know all the nuances. So you need to be helped, be able to assist them, but it boils down to, to the internal staffing and so forth. So long-winded as usual, but what I would say is we need to really have, we need to have, the city needs to revisit the internal process in order if we are going to ever see timelines compressed for building permit issuance. That's what it boils down to. All right. That's great. Thank you so very much, Ronald. Yeah. That was really great. Where can people reach you? That's the best way for them to reach you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So people can primarily get me on social media, which is IG, Instagram. I guess I'll have to say I'm old school in that way. Instagram is just very easy to use. I post frequently. I haven't been posting lately because I'm working on some stuff in the background, but message me on Instagram. Uh, Property Pathways is my handle. Uh, you can get me there. I will definitely respond. Um, you can share, like my videos. That's always great. And um, of course, you can always try to reach me as well on LinkedIn as well. I, I do. That's where I kind of network professionally. If you'd like to really forge a partnership and have a more high level conversation, like we can set something up there. And of course, you can visit uh, propertypathways.ca. We have created an awesome contact form that really allows investors to go in there and really use it. It's very intuitive and um, set up a 15 minute call with me. And then we'll, we'll decide whether or not uh, we are a great fit as well as if your property is a great fit for us. Right. All right. That's super. Thank you so very much. You are welcome. Thank you very much, ladies, for having me. This was a real blast. Well, everyone, if you were involved and interested in that first, this first part of the interview, 
Wait till you hear what we talk about in the next part. You really got to listen to it because there's so much in information that really does help investors make great decisions. And Catherine, I don't know about you, but I was kind of blown away by all the information that Ronald uh, shared with us. I, absolutely. And one of the things that was very important is that, that he was having his making sure that everybody knows to have their team on board um, before you purchase your property. He can come in ahead of time to make sure that you are making the right purchase and the right investment uh, to make sure that it's a good fit for you. I, it was just, it was excellent information. That's right. So we'll call it that for, for today. But before we go, just remind you that we've got lots and lots of other great information on our website at therightclub.com. And have a great day, a great week, and come grow with us because you know what? That's what investing in real estate is all about. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.